0: you're listening to the creating a brand podcast i am your host alex sanfilippo and today's guest is somebody who has turned her passions and life's journey into skills that have grown her brand her name is jess Gator. she currently works at teachable.com but she also has her own website called JessGator.com, which is j-e-s-s-c-a-t-o-r-c.com where she teaches entrepreneurs to build their own websites for their brands. She's very talented and her websites look amazing. So I want to talk to Jess because she has explored all of her passions and she's let her journey in life take her all around the world. And she's converted all those things into skills and it's been able to help her just grow her brand and get her the jobs that she's wanted along the way. She's worked completely solo on her own as an entrepreneur. She's been very successful with that. She's worked for multiple brands as well, like I'm saying, teachable.com right now, and she has just absolutely crushed it. And she's somebody who has such an interesting journey, and it's inspiring and fun to just hear about where she's been. So I want this episode to be an encouragement to you and challenge you to chase after your passions and see what skills you develop from those. So let's go ahead and get into the episode now. This is my interview with Jess Couture. Jess, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you here today.
1: Thank you. I am so excited to be here, Alex.
0: Yes, this is gonna be fun. So I was thinking back to when I first met you. We were actually, I believe, we were both speaking at a conference at the end of 2018, and I remember seeing you walk by, and I recognized you because there was a product I was using at that point in time, and you were like the face of that product. So I was like, "That's Jess Couture. I know, I know who that is." So, I walked up and introduced myself. So, I was like, all right, so Jess is the pretty face behind the product. And then we started talking, and I was like, oh, she's actually a genius, like really smart and has a cool journey. So, oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It was really cool to get to meet you. And like I said, you were another speaker, so I didn't get much time to ask you questions. But since then, we've stayed in contact, and I've realized that you have a really interesting life. Like, your story, just of where you've been, is really interesting. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about in the podcast episode because selfishly, I want to get to know you a little better, and I've got your undivided attention now. There's not a lot of people waiting to talk to you after you got off of the stage from speaking. So here we are. But I also think that our community, Creating a Brand community is really going to benefit from just hearing what you've been through and just some of your passions and things that have led you throughout your life. So I'd love to just hear from the beginning. I'm not looking for when you're a, a child or anything like that. But I know that you started in a very different place than you are today. So I'd love to just start waiting. you got your first gig, if you will.
1: Yeah, I mean, literally, it was a gig. I actually, I used to dance. I mean, growing up, my mom was a professional ballet dancer, and she was my teacher. And so growing up in school, like, I was outside of playing computer games and learning how to code. I was dancing and competing. And, I mean, I auditioned. For a couple of things, right when I was um, about to graduate for high school, and I ended up getting the opening and closing ceremonies of the 2010 Olympic ceremonies, and then I toured with Princess Cruise Lines for six months. Not a lot of people know that. I mean, maybe they do now, but...
0: They do now. It, they, you just said it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I really was convinced that, I mean, when I was 18, I was so sure that I was going to be a dancer, and like that was what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And... It's funny because I was still coding, but I was making websites for all of my actor and dancer friends and for myself. And so I've always been into computers and design and dancing and like that creative side, but I didn't really see them working together, if that makes sense.
0: You're the first coder dancer I've ever had a conversation with.
1: I think we're a rare bunch.
0: (laughs) I I really think so. So you were obviously, you loved both of them. You never just decided, okay, I'm done with dancing or I'm done with coding. You just decided to keep on moving with both because you actually had a clientele that the rest of us would never have access to. Is that right?
1: It was more so that I saw... Because I was so passionate about like design and for me, like when I started to learn how to code, I was doing it on this virtual pet website. So I saw coding and web design as a game. I would look at all of my friends that were auditioning and I'd be like, you need to have an online presence and like you need right, to show right. like what you're doing. And so it was less of like I saw a hole in the market and where I was like, oh, like this is where my business is gonna be it was, I mean, most of the time, I think I just did them for free. I was like, I was just so passionate about it. And I was like, you don't understand the potential that you have by creating a website and showing the people that you're about to audition for the work that you've done in your portfolio, which is funny. I mean, obviously, as I started to evolve in my career and I learned more on like the digital media side and I became a web designer then naturally, I saw that there was a demand for people looking for websites. But initially, it was just, I was like, I got to help my friends out. I'm like, you guys, this isn't going to cut it.
0: <laughs> Which is honorable of you to do. And then realizing that you can actually monetize it is great as well. Obviously, said from hearing this part of your story, the first time you made money on either of these projects, though, was probably dancing, right? And then you were charging for websites after that. Is that the direction that flowed in?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my first professional job dancing was 18 years old.
0: That's amazing. Really cool. Where did you go from here? So, that was like for many people, that would almost be like the highlight of their dance career. And I'm probably using wrong terminology there, but I've never (laughs) been a dancer, just so everyone knows that. A lot of people, they lived their whole lives like leading up to that moment. And that was 18 for you. Did you get a lot of bigger opportunities after that as well? Or where did that career go afterwards?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. So, I did the tour with Princess Cruise Lines. And after that finished, I was back at home and it was such a weird time for me because most of my friends are going off to university. And I felt because I had two passions, I was like, I've given dance a shot. I've been able to do this. I want to see what else I can do on this computer side. Because one of the things like growing up, my mom was always very, she always encouraged me to look at different passions and always have like a backup plan. And so I thought, I did this dancing thing. I had such a great time, but maybe I should learn a bit more on like the digital media side. So I actually moved to Toronto and I got a certificate in digital media and that really opened my eyes to just the possibilities that were out there. So, I mean, it was very basic. It was a certificate, but we learned things like graphics design, web design, and like that really started to pique my interest into... What else can I do with this? And when I went to school there, I was working as a receptionist for a job agency. And slowly, what I found was because I was able to do graphics design, I was helping them out with their posters. And like it seems like every job that I was in, I always ended up doing some type of web or graphics design for them, just because I guess going back to like it was when I was dancing. I was like, man, like I, I can help you with this. I see that mm-hmm. you're missing out on some things that you could be doing and like putting out there. So, I would say it was like that.
0: That's really cool. So again, you're using the word passion, and I think it's really cool because so many of us here at creating a brand that a lot of our listeners are passionate people, and some of them have multiple passions. Like it sounds like you did. It might not be dancing and coding. That's a little extreme, but <laughs> many of us, you know, we might like the idea of doing something like graphic design, but we also love photography, or something along those lines. We have these different passions, and it's cool to hear that you, again, it's your mother's wisdom, it sounds like, but gave you the advice to explore the other ones as well. Not just say, this is my one passion, I'm going to stick with it, which is something to be said about that, but at the same time, it's great to just see where these different passions lead you in life. I think that that really relates to all of us who are listening, because we have just these ideas and these things that are you're born with. You're kind of born with these passions and these things that are inside of you, and they just develop over time. So it's really cool to hear This much of your journey so far with where it kind of went from dance and then more on to the website of things. I'd love to hear where that actually took you. What happened after (laughs) you got this certificate? You were working as a receptionist, but that obviously ended at some point, right? Where did you go?
1: I actually ended up moving to Australia. And I. What is a
0: move? My goodness.
1: Honestly, I was at my boyfriend at the time and we decided that we were going to do just the working holiday visa. And I mean, I was very fortunate to the company I was working for as a receptionist. They had an opening in the Australian office. And so I actually got a direct, I mean, it wasn't really a transfer, but I got a job opportunity there. And I mean, I was still, I would say like as I was getting different jobs and I was learning different skills, again, I was still doing web design. I was still, I was actually doing a lot more video because I was working for a company at the time that needed compliance training. And so I learned a lot more on how to use After Effects and Premiere, but I was actually still dancing. And that actually, the Australia trip, was really a pivotal point in my career because at that point, for the company I was working for, they asked me to do this program called B-School. And if you're not familiar, it's by a woman named Marie Forleo, and it's really just an online course that shows you how to run your own online business. They asked me to do this course for them just to learn marketing strategies and then just kind of report back with what I learned. Mm-hmm. As I was going through this, I was seeing that like, oh, wait a second, this is, this is something that I could do. And as I was looking in the community of the people that were doing this course, so many people were struggling with how to make their own websites. And so just the back of my head, I was like, I think I could do this. I think I could really serve people doing something that I love but on the other side of it, I was still dancing, and I had actually auditioned for a Broadway musical. It was the um, the uh, Lion King, the Australian tour. Now, three auditions later, I got into the final fourteen. Half we're going to make it, half we're going to get cut. And that really, like, if there was any job that I would have wanted the most, it was to be in the Lion King. Four times, my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. And a couple weeks later, I got the unfortunate email where they said, hi, Jess, I'm sorry you didn't make the cut, but we wish you all the best. Mm-hmm. I remember I got that email when I was working and I just had to step outside. I was like, just try not to cry because I I was so sure that like that was my next step. Like that was my next step in my career. It's going to be dance. And it didn't pan out like that. Now, because I had been going through B-School and I was learning about online marketing and online business... That was that moment where I was like, maybe I should actually give this a go. You know, maybe I should mm-hmm. just see what I can do when it comes to web design and grow my own business. And that's actually how things started. And that's where that idea got planted.
0: Again, great advice from your mother who said to, to explore all options, not just sticking with just the one passion at that time. Because, I mean, that obviously, that was a pivotal point in your life, right? That unfortunate news, which is something that you feel your whole career had built up to. Thankfully, you have this other thing going, this idea in the back of your head. I think that's really cool that you're able to start pursuing that. So did you just, at that point, is that like your retirement from dance, I'll say? And then you just started with the web design side of things? Or I'm sorry, the online course web design type of thing? Or where did it go from there?
1: Anyone that dances or is passionate about some type of art, it's very hard, I think, to retire from it. For me, it actually took, I mean, I don't think I danced. like I would do the odd class, but I didn't really train for months after that just because I was so for lack of a better term I was just so heartbroken. I was like, oh, like I this just this hurts too much. It's just one of those things that I love to do, so I still was taking classes. But it was something that I definitely shifted my focus. So I wasn't actively auditioning for things as much. In fact, I wasn't really auditioning that much to begin with. It was really just that opportunity presented itself. It was a big opportunity so I wanted to go for it. Of course, It definitely, I shifted into, it was actually more so one-on-one web design and just dancing on the side and taking classes.
0: I think we'll get into this in a few minutes here. So I want to talk about dance again in, in a few minutes here. But what happened when you started actually focusing on web design? Were you still working at the other company as well? Or did you decide to go into this full force right away? How'd that look?
1: No. So I was still working with this company and I was just kind of doing it on the side because I think there was a part of me that thought... I think a lot of people that are, they see themselves as creatives. It takes a bit of effort to switch your focus from when you're working as a creative to running a business and looking at your business as a business. And so I was, for some reason, I think subconsciously, I just knew that was going to be a struggle for me initially. And so I kept my job and I was just testing this out on the side, Mm -hmm. like just to see, is there a demand for what I'm doing? And I mean, originally when I launched my branding, it was so boring. I hid my personality. Like deep down, I was like, I can't really tell people who I am, because who's going to take a dancing web designer seriously? (laughs) I felt like I had to use we instead of I on my copy. So Uh it looked like there was a bigger company. And it was just, I think a lot of us experience that where we think we have to fit into a certain box for other people to take us seriously, Mm -hmm. or to seem more credible.
0: You went full corporate on it, didn't you?
1: One hundred percent. And what I found after a while was I would work with clients that I just did not resonate with, and I couldn't figure out why they kept coming to me for web design work, or we just we wouldn't get along, like we wouldn't see eye to eye on the same things. And finally, as I was going through this, I was like, maybe I should rebrand, and I should really not just be like a personal brand and showcase like who I am, but try to find the things that I'm passionate about and use that to add something to what I'm offering. Mm-hmm. Now, not necessarily, like not, I don't mean literally like dancing, but more so because I dance, I have a unique perspective on how I approach things. Wow. And okay. I did a complete rebrand. I mean, one extreme to the other, pink dress. I showed, I think I posted the video that I did for my mom's birthday, I did a flash mob video. Like things that just you wouldn't really think people would care about. But I had people reach out to me and be like, I loved your work, but the reason I wanted to work with you is because I saw that video and I really resonated with it. And I felt like you got me. And I don't think that's an isolated case. I think we all look for people, whether it's coaches or consultants or whatever it is, that we resonate with. And I think because I put that forward on my website and I show people really who I was, it allowed me to track people that saw eye to eye and that wow. we were on the same page.
0: That's amazing. And there's so many directions I want to comment on this. But I think that the main one to start off, you dropped some, some knowledge and some gold there. But the main thing I kind of want to just mention to start off with is that this is no news to you what I'm about to say. I can learn how to build my own website somewhere. Or there's many websites that will offer that as well to teach me how to, to do it. Or I can use themes, all those type of things, right? That's all out there. That's not news to you at all. And what you did that was different than what other people are doing is you added a personal touch to it. And like you said, that people are going to identify with you, and they're going to want to work with that. And I think a lot of your success is because of that, because you didn't go the big corporate model, because that's out there. We can all find the, oh, we've been in business since 1995, and we're this and we're that. People saw you. They saw your personality, which I'll be the first to admit, I've explored your website it's not any different than the person I'm talking to right now. That's great. And people identify with that. So they say, that's the type of person I want to work with. That's who I want to help me. That's who I want to be in business with. Because ultimately, as soon as you connect with somebody online, you're going to be in business together. So I think it's really cool that you crack that code that so many people struggle to crack. And myself included for a long time, because I come from corporate America, Corporate Canada, actually. My company's Canadian-owned. It's a multi-billion dollar Canadian company. So, yeah, I struggled with that, though. When I first started doing some websites, I'm like, it's got to be we. You know, the same stuff they teach you. Like, it's got to be we. We're giant. We're big. We help big clients, not just little clients. It singles everybody out. It's like, this isn't for me. I can't identify with the big we's over here. It's got to be who is somebody that's actually has a personality and something that I can connect with. So I think it's really cool that you, like I said, crack that code and we're able to kind of break that, that standard model that many of us have. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think that a lot of our listeners are going to be able to benefit from that as well, knowing that they need to go away from the giant we and go more to who I am and how this relates to web design. Because it's so cool that you used still some of the elements that you learned through dance that you don't consider it like a lost cause. You weren't like, well, that was it. My career was done. Never to be seen again. You still are using some of the things you've learned from that and from those experiences in what you're doing today. And I think that is just a beautiful picture of how a business should be run right now
1: hundred percent. And I think really, especially now, and I think really we are at the beginning of this whole like online business, online brand revolution. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And because of that, I mean, you've seen this on YouTube, for example, where 10 years ago, if you had a channel, it was very easy to get found, to get views for people to find you. First hand experience in high school, we had terrible videos that got thousands of views. (laughs) Videos are now unlisted. But when it comes to whatever your business is, you really do need to find a way to stand out. And it doesn't mean standing out as in being the loudest, being like, wow, I'm like the most out there person. It's finding a way to stand out to the people that you are trying to reach. I think really the only way to do that is by showing who you are and what makes you different.
0: That's really good. I love hearing that. Exactly what it is. It's all about standing out what makes you different. Because that's, again, what people want to identify with. They want to see something that's going against the grain. And we're definitely at the beginning of this whole online business thing. And people are just, because there's so many people now getting into it, there's a lot of options out there. And people, again, they're going to look for that person that they're like, this is who I want to do business with. So it's cool to see that you were doing that. So where did this adventure at this point in your life lead you next? Like, what happened when you started actually getting some traction with this after this rebrand that you did?
1: Yeah. So as with anyone that is doing one-on-one services, you'll find that there's only so many hours in a day. Oh, what do you know? That's, (laughs) That's
0: interesting. I learned that last year myself.
1: Yeah. And so it was great because I was getting a lot of really exciting projects and I struggled to say no because I was passionate about it. And I would see someone who was doing incredible things in their business or they had a really great message, but they needed help with their website. And I just wanted to help everyone. And I soon learned it's like, you can't, this isn't sustainable. What if I was able to show people how to do it themselves? Not only would they be able to learn how to do it at a fraction of the cost, but they're then empowered to when it does get to the point where they want to work with a developer or designer, they can make informed decisions. When someone gives you a mm-hmm. quote and says this is going to take five hours, it's going to be four thousand dollars, or I mean, those are accurate quotes. Um, right. You know how long ideally something should take, what the cost would likely be. I pivoted into online courses, and well, I start with an ebook first, and then I transitioned into a three-part series, which then led to my course. And really, it was showing entrepreneurs specifically how to create your website and to brand it in a way that just like we were talking about best reflects you and your mm-hmm. message. And that really changed the way that my business was run because I had so much more time to say yes to a few projects. I would have more than enough time to work on them, but I could still serve my audience and I could still show people how to do things themselves.
0: That's great. Now, I have to say this. You talked about how like the transition from being a creative to maybe more of a business owner is difficult. And I agree with that. It definitely is. I see a lot of creatives. That's actually where they stop. So in my mind, you don't fail until you actually stop, but they just can't get the business aspect. But you clearly like paradigm shift in your mind and went from a creative to a business person because that's a structured business at that point.
1: Yeah, there's going to get to a point where you just have to learn. And I'm still learning, but I was 23 when I started my business. So I literally, I think ignorance is bliss. Like had I known how much I'd have to learn I probably would have right. pushed off. <laughs> right, <learn>. right. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's empowering when you you're making conscious decisions. So like really for me, it wasn't it was more so like the forecasting. So not just living in the moment and being like I'm going to have my launch next month and then I'm going to maybe do some videos or blog or it's really like being intentional being like where do I see my business in two years three years what things do I think I need to do to hit those goals and then breaking those down into smaller steps and then like actually scheduling them out and that's hard I'm not going to pretend like I just like had this realization and then it was easy it takes a lot of time but it changes the way that your business is run and I think it puts you like more at ease because you know that there is a plan in place.
0: The number of people creating brands is increasing more rapidly than ever before. Whether it's a personal brand, product, or service, more entrepreneurs are getting started today than any other time in history. Although these are exciting times, there is a problem. The problem is that most people don't know where to begin. And as a result, they end up wasting a lot of time and money on products and services that they just don't need. Wouldn't it be great to have a guide to help you save time and money instead of wasting it? Well, there is a solution for you. It's called the Creating a Brand Community. The Creating a Brand Community is your digital mastermind or tribe. It's a network full of entrepreneurs devoted to helping each other succeed. We all help each other by sharing our experiences, recommendations, and discoveries along the way. As we like to say it, our goal is community collaboration focused on helping your brand succeed. The Creating a Brand Community operates on our own social media platform. That's right, it's not another Facebook group. Our desktop site and mobile app feature online courses, focus groups and topical discussion, along with live digital events and in-person events and exclusive content, all focused around the development and success of your brand. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please join at creatingabrand.com. It takes less than three minutes to get set up and become part of this community of successful entrepreneurs. When you join, please message me within the community, Alex Sanfilippo. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. You talked about like forecasting, which is basically you developed a big picture vision, and then you were very intentional leading up to that by breaking it into smaller goals, more realistic goals for that day, and then actually scheduling them. That's how you get started. That's how you make progress. It just takes discipline to do it, right? Instead of just saying, maybe later I'll do that. I'm just going to focus on the fun stuff now. You actually have to be disciplined to say, all right, I'm going to put this in my calendar. Here's what I'm doing today. This can bring me closer to this bigger goal.
1: For me, anyways, I think everyone is different, but... I don't think that the reason why a lot of us push this off is because it's overwhelming. I think a lot of it has to do with also fear. Like for me, it was less of the fear of failure, but more so the fear of success. If I put this plan in place and this works, then what? Things like, how do I sustain that? Or am I going to change as a person? Or is this going to create more stress because you have more things happening? There's always some type of fear that is holding us back. And it's never what like we initially think. So it's never just the like, I'm unorganized and I'm procrastinating just because I have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. There always seems to be something a little bit deeper than that. And I think when you even just start to question it, it can help you push through that.
0: I'm accessing a totally different side of my brain right now to (laughs) understand and learn what you're saying. But fear of success, not even necessarily failure, is what causes people to slow down or to even stop. How did you overcome that? Like, what was like the big thing, like the moment you say that you just knew you had to move forward? Was there something that you went through or any advice you could give to our listeners? Because I think a lot of them are in that same place.
1: I think it's either the fear of failure or fear of success. I think for me, really what it came down to is I think a lot of us tell stories about ourselves, the struggles that we've had, the things that we've had to endure. And when you step into that next level, whether that is, Success, not like the end game success, but just like the next successful step, Mm -hmm. there comes a point where you have to let go of that old version of you. You have to let go of the struggles that you've had, that things are hard. You have to let go of that. And I don't know why, but it's sometimes very hard to rewrite the stories that you're telling about yourself and being able to accept that Hmm. this is where I'm at now and then looking for the next step. So, really, just being okay with you can be a new person and you can let go of that. And really, it was also just talking to my mom. I mean, she's incredible. And I was talking to her one day because I was just feeling so overwhelmed. I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And it was really, she's like, really, it sounds like you're talking about you. And what she meant Hmm. was that when you're in business or whatever it is that you're doing, you're serving other people. And you really have to shift the focus on how you feel, the fears that you have, the struggles that you have, and who am I helping? What does me doing this? What does that mean for someone who is gonna receive this? And when you focus on the other people that need that information, that need your content and your work, it changes because it's no longer just about you. You're not the only person that is waiting on this. There's a whole Mm -hmm. other group of people. And I think that really helped with just moving forward and not making it feel so daunting.
0: So first off, when can we get Mom on the podcast? Well, can we get her on the phone right now? <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm sure you're, like, you're
0: that. like, "Hey, Mom, we we just want to talk to you real quick." Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but you were seeking out mentorship, which is a big point that I think that all of us need to do, and that's the whole point of the creating a brand community is to be some form of mentorship and just collaboration for one another. So I love that you said that, but I love that you talked about letting go of an old version of yourself, and that might be to me the biggest fear to overcome because. We all have to get better in life. If we're not growing, we're dying. And I'm a firm believer of that. So we have to really let go of that old version of ourselves and even get to the point where we shift our focus away from just life being about us and make it about other people and how we're going to help them go further. Selfishly, which all of us are selfish at some level, that's hard to like swallow at first. You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that, right? Like, It's easier for life to just be about you. It's really cool to hear your story. I think you put this beautifully of how you've just transitioned into that. I'd actually love to continue that story. Right now, you're still in Australia. I know you've been more places than that. Where did no, you go? I'm actually.
1: Go? Oh, in the story, I was in Australia. Yeah,
0: yeah. Not right oh, now. Yeah. You're in New York City right now. I can yeah. hear it, and I love the sound of New York City. By the way, <laughs> love it. We will not edit that out. So,
1: <laughs> so because I was doing the working holiday visa, there's a point where it comes to an end. Right. Of two years. And, you know, at the time, my boyfriend and I, we I was actually born in Paris, so I had a French passport, oh, okay. and um, he was from Ireland, so we were trying to figure out where could we move that didn't require visas, because, like, it's just an extra step, and it just takes time. So we're like, well, why don't we go to London? There's a lot of job opportunities there. We all speak the same language. It seemed like an exciting next step.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what we did. I moved to London and kicked things off with my business. I was working from home.
0: It wasn't a side hustle. It was your full time job at this point.
1: It was my full time job. I was, I don't think I actually launched my course until the second year of my business. So I was doing a lot of like client work and consulting. And it was, once I launched my course, I really discovered that I mean, I always thought I was an introvert. But I realize I'm an awkward extrovert. Like, I just, there's something, (laughs) there's something about, I would see people talk about, like, work from home. You're like, this is a dream. Like, I finally get to work from home. And Mm -hmm. I felt like a failure because I was working from home. And for some reason, I just wasn't very motivated. I didn't feel very inspired. And I felt like, I just thought, like, that was just me. And, like, I just wasn't very good at doing anything. And it was always a struggle. It was all, even if I would go to coffee shops or I'd be around other people, it was I didn't really know at the time what was wrong. I just felt unmotivated.
0: Actually, real quick there, I think that's a common misconception people have. You assume that working from home is going to be the greatest feeling on earth, right? Like As soon as you achieve that, but it is lonely and it takes a lot more self-discipline when people aren't looking at you to get anything done necessarily. You become your own time instead of someone keeping that time for you. Side note there, but it is more difficult than people make it out to be. All of us think it'd be amazing, but it can be tough at times.
1: Hundred percent. I know a lot of people have switched from working for a company to doing their own thing, and it's just at the time I didn't realize that. And when I say I was unmotivated, I was still working, but it was mm-hmm, always a course. struggle. It was always just this uphill battles what it felt like. And like I said, like I had big. Plans for what I was doing. And when we talked about like creating those goals and then breaking them up into smaller steps, one of those steps when I was starting out was I realized that in order to increase my reach and to grow my brand, I had to start collaborating with other people. I had to start reaching out to have them on my podcast or to be on podcasts. And I saw that as an opportunity to really kickstart my efforts. And so Because I was starting out and I did not have a big social media following, I mean, I still don't, I was like, I need to find a way to get people's attention that where they'd actually like consider even talking to me Mm -hmm. when I'm not this big influencer. And so I started doing video pitches. Video pitches have been the thing that has completely changed my outreach approach.
0: Explain these video pitches. What were you doing exactly?
1: What I did is I would create a video um, where I would reach out to a podcaster or an entrepreneur and I would basically say, hey, I'm Jess. I wanted to say thank you. And then I would explain why the work that they were doing, why it impacted me, uh, the results that I got from their works. I would try to find very like, specific examples so it didn't seem like I was copying and pasting a script right, and <laughs> just sending right. it out to everyone. And then at the end of it, I would have an ask. So it would be either I would love to interview you on my podcast or I would love to share my knowledge in this particular area to your audience. And then at the end of it, I always say, like, you know, regardless of if I hear from you or not, please just take this video as my way of saying thank you. Your work has completely changed what I do.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. What a great idea. I mean, because we're all used to seeing the sales pitch email that you get. I get them all the time saying, hey, I'd love to be a guest or I'd love to have you yeah. as a guest. You kind of get the point where you just ignore them, no matter how nice they are. They can start off funny, nice, whatever, but if somebody sends me a video, I'm definitely going to watch it and going to give them a lot more thought. That is a very good idea. Fascinating that you kind of came up with that and decided to do that. You were doing the ask at the end. Did you ask both saying, hey, I either want to do this or have you, or were you actually picking and choosing what you thought would be a better fit?
1: No, I was picking and choosing. Wow. Um, okay. Maybe it would have been better if I would just kind of casted a wire net, and I was like, I'll oh, take no, anything.
0: <laughs> I think you did it better that way. You are very intentional, which to me, again, means you really figured out what would be the best fit. That's really a cool thing. So, Video pitches, I am writing that one down. I'm going to start doing that myself
1: it has allowed me to reach out to some really influential people in my, my influential people, people have really inspired me. And I know if I sent an email that I would not get a response. And even people that say like, no, or that even people that say like, to be decided, like, I'm not sure if this is something I'm going to do, but they're still like retweeting the video and like taking the time to acknowledge that I made something, which I just, I never in a million years thought that it would have that type of impact. So if anyone's listening, really video pitches, no one's doing them or not many people are doing them because it does take a lot of time. (laughs) Even when you're doing the ask, like I would see topics that they've covered and then try to find like a, a gap for something they haven't already talked about and then explain why I could share my perspective or my knowledge on that. But I was always sending video pitches privately. So it was either via email or like Twitter, but I would tag them at the beginning of the tweet so no one could see it just in case I said no. And finally, I was just like, I'm gonna post a video pitch to be on someone's podcast and I think I'm gonna post it publicly. I feel like for this one in particular, I'm gonna need all the support that I can get because at the time it was a pretty big goal that I Mm -hmm. knew wasn't necessarily gonna happen. And this is actually for Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast.
0: I just met him this past weekend, very
1: nice guy. He's incredibly nice and I posted a video First thanking him, I gave like very specific episodes on his podcast and mm-hmm. what him talking about those things or interviewing people, how that helped my business. And I think we got like 14,000 views and people were sharing it in the first like, wow. day. For someone who is not that big on social media, like I woke up the next morning, I didn't know if I wanted to cry or laugh. I was like, what is happening right, right now? Right, right. And I think within six hours, he had responded to the video and he said, yeah, I'd love to have you on the show because that video got shared. The CEO of Teachable actually saw the video and Pat's on Teachable. He's an advisor in the company and get an email from him, from the CEO. And Mm -hmm. he says, Hey, you know, I just saw your video for Pat. I'm not sure if you heard of us. I own a company called Teachable. How would you like to live in New York for a bit? (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was what the email said?
1: It wasn't even an email. It was on Facebook. This is the, the, the life of startups. It was a Facebook it, message.
0: <laughs> it was a Facebook message? Yeah, and I was like... Wow, all right. Informal, I like it.
1: I was like, I know I've been out of the workforce for a while, but is this how people are getting job offers now? Is
0: right, Facebook? oh my gosh.
1: When he reached out to me, it was just like, look, we're going to fly you down for two weeks. You can meet the team. There was no pressure. It was just to kind of get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And they know this now, but at the time I was like, there's no way I'm going to work with another company. I'm an entrepreneur, even though I'm not very happy deep down and I'm not feeling very motivated. There's no way that I'm going to do this. You're
0: already misindependent at that point. You couldn't go back, right?
1: Yeah. And I think there's also, there's this idea where if you're an entrepreneur, you have to be one thing. There's just like this set of like rules. I mean, that's how I perceived it anyways. And it was like, what can I tell people? What if I say yes to this? Does that mean I'm no longer an entrepreneur because I'm also working with another company? And it took me a while to decide. And I was speaking to my mom and I was telling her all these things. And she was like, it sounds like outside of just you being conflicted with if this means you're still an entrepreneur, everything else is a heck yes. It was just, I had this gut feeling. There was something about, at the time it was only 15 people there's something about what they were doing. And I just had to be a part of it. And so I said yes. I mean, I flew back to London, took some time and from London, moved to New York. And that's how I ended up at Teachable, actually.
0: That's amazing. And for anyone who doesn't know, Teachable is an online course. It's the platform, basically, that you're using, teachable.com. Phenomenal product. I've been using it for close to a year now. And it's amazing. Really cool. That's actually the first place I even saw you was you're kind of the face of Teachable at this point.
1: Yeah, it was, it kind of just ended up like that, I think, because I, I had already been doing videos and webinars with my business. And so mm-hmm. when I joined, they're like, yeah, do you want to just do some webinars? It's like, sure. And then I just kept doing them. And then things grew. And yeah, so it wasn't like they were like, hey, come be the face of Teachable. I mean, I don't even think I am. I just do a lot of like video
0: and yeah, like, I hear how you. we're facing things. Yeah, true. Okay. All right. I won't call you the face of Teachable. They might get upset <laughs> about it. They'll be like, no, she's not. Um, <laughs> in my mind, you have been, but it's out of line. I won't say it. That's so funny. <laughs> So I'm thinking back on your whole story, and you're still at Teachable right now, and you're an entrepreneur because you can be both, believe it or not. I myself am. I'm still in corporate America or corporate Canada, whatever you want to call it, and I'm also an entrepreneur. You can be both. It is this persona that we get and give off, that we have to be doing something completely on our own, but you miss a big portion of what's going to cause you to be successful. And something you mentioned a little while ago, which is collaboration, It's interdependence instead of just dependence, actually relying on other people and leveraging any form of influence or opportunities you get. That's what makes you a real entrepreneur, in my mind, is not just saying, I'm working from home, it's just me doing this. You might own a job at that point, but if you really want to be a true entrepreneur that's going to go somewhere, you have to understand the concept of collaboration. It sounds like that's when you really started taking off and started growing your own business and now helping grow Teachable as well.
1: I mean, I didn't anticipate, because again, like I said, when I joined... 15 incredibly smart, passionate, talented people. Like, It was, I mean, we had like Forbes contributors, like a seven-figure app developer, like just everyone was there because they wanted to be there. And Mm -hmm. as the business was growing, and one, I've learned so much of when you start with a startup at 15 people and we're now 95, if not 100 people. And that's over the course of like two years. So you learn a lot with the way that businesses are grown and established and also mm-hmm. just the fact that I've been doing a ton, like hundreds of webinars and hosting our summits where we've had sixty thousand registrants. And so it's helped me be comfortable on camera because I've had to do it like right. every single week. Yeah. So there was a lot that it's really helped me on like either personally or within my business that I could never have anticipated. Like there was no way that I could have been like, I'm going to do this because I know this is going to help me in two years time. But it really does. And I think that's the beauty of when you don't close off your options and you don't close off mm-hmm. what you think you should do. Sometimes there's things that you couldn't even anticipate that can help you.
0: I'm just listening to your whole life story here. And you've just followed your passions wherever they've kind of led and whatever has kind of come up and changed over time. You've evolved with them, which I think is, again, it's a beautiful story where you are today versus where you started. It's amazing to be able to hear.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate so that.
0: Before yeah. we end here, where all have you lived? Just give me the journey here because I'm trying to keep up my head. I know I heard Canada, Australia, London, and New York City. Where I missed something, though.
1: So I was born in Paris, France, moved to northern Canada, worked on a cruise ship for six months if you want to count that, yeah, uh, Vancouver, Toronto, Brisbane, London, and New York.
0: Very cool. I've lived I mean, as I say a lot, I'm like, that's a lot of places. It is. I've lived in the same city my whole life, so now I'm feeling like I haven't accomplished very much. That's okay. That's not, not what at all. About. <laughs> this was a really cool conversation. Super valuable. One of my favorite conversations I think I've ever had on a podcast. Just hearing your journey thank again, you. it's beautiful. It's amazing to hear. I think there's so much that I can take away from this conversation and apply it to where I'm at. That's going to help me. I know that our community, our listeners, are thinking the same thing. So, thank you so much for being here.
1: No, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun.
0: This was easily one of the most enjoyable conversations I've ever had on a podcast. Jess is so much fun to talk to and we covered so much in this interview. I feel like we all really know her now just from her sharing her whole journey where she's been. I love a few things that she said in particular. The entire conversation was great, but a few things that stood out first were that she talked about not suppressing or hiding our passions. We need to show people who we are. They need to be able to see our personality. And I think we live in a world where people feel the need to suppress who they really are to not offend people. But that's wrong thinking. We've got to be willing to show our passions and go after those things and let them turn into skills that are going to develop our brand. She also mentioned was that overcoming fear of success or failure is something we have to be willing to do. We have to go all in. I love this quote, and I'm going to read this a couple times here, but let go of who you are today to become who you need to be tomorrow in order to succeed. Let go of who you are today in order to become who you need to be tomorrow in order to succeed. I think that's great. One of the things she mentioned was mentorship or having people in your life. For her, it was her mom. Side note, mom, we would love to have you on the podcast whenever you're ready to share your wisdom with us. You sound very wise. For all of us, if you don't have those people, you've got to find that in your life. Quick little plug, Creating Brand Community could be that for you. That's what we do in there. But anyway, have those people in your life that are really going to help you along the way, that help you explore those passions and make it further in your journey, and just be able to be the voice of reason when you need it, because that's going to be what helps you grow your brand the most. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jess. Jess Couture, thank you so much for being on this episode. If you want to learn more about Jess, you can go to her website, jesscouture.com, J-E-S-S-C-A-T orc.com she is phenomenal and very excited to have her on the show again for show notes from today's episode you can go to creating a as always thank you so much for your continued support and listening to these episodes i'll be back with you next week